Square Radio, I'm Bo. And I'm John David. Did he? Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Hello, John David. Good afternoon to you, too. Hello. Sorry. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Frank York. I'm sorry, David. And I just can't do that. <laughs> Is that Hal from uh, the uh, Fahrenheit 9-12-39-7? You're just making up movies. That's, yeah, that's that, not that's, uh, that, that's, uh Hal from... Um, Space Odyssey, right? Yeah, 2001 A Space Odyssey. 2000 Leagues Under the Sea. That's right. Uh, yeah. I remember that one. That was good. That was a good one. <laughs> It's a, his robot who uh, was a kraken and a whale. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> what a disaster. Listen, How are you doing today, Bo? I'm doing really well. I'm actually, I'm really yeah. excited for this episode, this week's episode. Yeah. Because this is a, uh, we're doing our, our father to father series. Kind of, we kind of laid it out so we don't have to lay it out again. People know what this is about. Yeah. Uh, father right. to father, you, it's you, me, chilling out. Just talking about a conversation, man. Just being dad. <laughs> that's right. Talking about being dads and talking about, you know, all the territory that goes along with that. And man, really thankful that we get the opportunity to do to do this. It's been cathartic for us, but we've also gotten feedback that it's been cathartic for for some of y'all too. I so. think that's been mo- like one of the most rewarding things about yeah. this series is, is yeah. uh, you know, all, you know, all the new series for the most part, like, has like just been really well received. People have been like taking a lot from them, really enjoying them. But this one in particular has really resonated with some folks. Yeah. And it's sure. been, it's it's been good to see because I think we really needed this one in particular to resonate with us. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, yeah. Close your eyes real quick, okay? Just close your eyes real quick. Unless you're driving, actually, don't. You know what? If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Don't do that. But for everybody else, at least try to get into this mental headspace, because our father to father series is really about inviting you to step into kind of this virtual kind of mental country squire with us to have a conversation. We want to kind of bring you the conversations that you have in a local pipe shop, the kind of conversations maybe sometimes you only feel like you can have a local pipe shop over a pipe. So, you know, mentally get there with us, light up your pipes and enjoy kind of this conversation as we dive into this, uh, yeah, this unique father to father. Hey, before we dive into it, though, I do want to give a shout out to our uh, patrons who are helping to make this happen. So, you know, we've got the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. These are folks that are uh, committed to making this show happen, that are patrons and, and doing a great job of, uh, of keeping us on the air. We also say, you know, for those that can't necessarily afford or are able to contribute at the full kind of club member level, you can be a patron for as little as a dollar an episode. And man, we got to give a shout out to Alex Marshall, Charles Watson, and Garcon Fernandino. Not Dino. Listen, Fernando. Fernandion. Fernandion. Great. I think I did it right. I actually, I, I don't have these names in front of me. That's so fine. I, I'm, I'm able, I'm not able to, uh, You're not able to correct me. To I, shame you for getting it wrong. No, that's all right. No, actually, <laughs> I do, I, I do try to leave the intentionally getting wrong as like a perk to our, uh, to our club members. Yeah. But, uh, in Fernando's case, I actually think I've, I've actually mispronounced his name so many times <laughs> that, um, you know, I, I, I think it's just this what it is. But anyway, we thank y'all so much for your support of the show. And, uh, hey, if you'd like to support the show for even as little as a dollar an episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash country squire radio. All right, John David, the topic on the table today yeah. is legacy. I think I shared this on a previous father to father episode, but prior to the pandemic, legacy was like a major driving factor for me. Mm. Like, yeah, like a major driving factor for me on almost everything that I do. I was just thinking like, you know, wanting to be remembered, wanting to like my story to be out there, wanting to, you know, the work that I do to have impact. And while that last one is still kind of true, it has far less now to do with like this desire for it to be because it was my work, you know, like, like that you want yeah. the work you do to have impact. I'm totally fine in most regards. If I don't necessarily get credit for it, you just want to leave something a little better. Yeah, exactly. At least yeah. something better. And, for and know at the end of the day that you did or, or you tried. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? There's a desire there that we have to create and to make better for those that come next. And, you know, as beneficiaries of those that came before us and, and the benefits that they were able to lay out, but then also the, the things they were either left undone or the things that they, you know, messed up, we are inheritors of kind of the legacies that our parents and our parents' generation kind of gave us. Yeah. And now we, in all of our brokenness and all of our faults, like try our best to create a legacy less for me. Anyway, it's become less about me as it used to be and more about creating that opportunity, that legacy for, for, you know, the, the kids coming up next. And, and mm. you know, as it relates to this series and to our children, yeah. but I'm curious when you hear the word legacy, like what it comes to mind, what do you think about? 
to me, I think about imparting something. It's like, I, you know, I'm going to propagate something to my kids yeah. that they take on because I intentionally, purposefully left it to them so that they might be either better people or in a better position to succeed in life or, or something like that. And, and, and I think, I think legacy, you can look at it a few ways. I mean, I, I guess my first gut instinct is to, is to think of it as imparting almost like uh, personality traits or work ethic or, you know, ha- what's the legacy I leave? Well, it's not necessarily a, a physical thing or something, you know, tangible other than just like, you know, I, I left you with this skill or I left with you with this desire or this, uh, this this uh, drive that or this interest that you have now that you wouldn't have had without me trying to you know instill some of that in you or the so, core values as well core values yeah. yeah that's a great a great way to put it yeah I, I I think that's probably the first thing that comes to my mind and then I on the kind of a corollary to that I guess would be you know a legacy like leaving you you know maybe tangible things in order for you to have if not an easier life just to security in life that you wouldn't have otherwise, you know, what does an inheritance really look like? And what do you, you know, do you teach, you know, have you really taught your kids to fish so that they can fish for themselves kind of deal, you know? And yeah, so I I guess all those things kind of wrapped up together. Yeah. What about you? You know, it's interesting that last one that you mentioned, uh, you know, about the teaching the fish, that's been something that I think we've been really wrestling through. Cause I I don't know about you, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't grow up uncomfortable, but Compared to how I grew up, my kids, like we, we right now as parents yeah. are at a completely different level than my parents were when they were our age or were our age. Yeah. You know I mean? Like now and, that, and that's you know. true. That is very true. I think we kind of talked about that maybe even on the last episode of this. I, I can't remember if we did or not, but you know, when our parents came along, they, when they were our age, they were struggling, Yeah, you know, and here we are both, you know, in our late thirties and, you know, both of us have owned and sold, bought and sold houses and bought and sold cars and started our, you know, little nest egg or whatever. And, um, you know, my, my parents couldn't say that. I mean, they just, it was harder for them. I don't think I've sold a car. I, you know, we drive cars until they die. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's good. That means not, you're doing, yeah, that means you're doing some man stuff. Man. Yeah. You're doing we're, some we're adult very, stuff. Well, or, or we're just not very good at keeping them up. No, we, 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 we are very frugal when it comes to cars and we, we don't. This is great. Yeah, we, don't, we never flip them. We just flip them down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Send them to the trash compactor. That's exactly yeah. right. Uh, but no, it is it is something that I you know we've just been thinking of because I mean like you know we've been incredibly blessed with the opportunities that we've had. You know, I mean the other thing too is you and I both, and I guess I, I don't know the kind of the coal legacy from that standpoint, but I mean like you and I have both owned businesses yeah. in in our life, which is I, you know for my parents they never actually you know they didn't do that, and my yeah my grandfather my paternal grandfather. He was an executive for energy, yeah. Uh, the kind of the energy company in in Mississippi, right? But my grandfather, my my maternal grandfather, he did have a law practice, okay. Which is a little bit different. I mean, it is owning your own business, but there is also like when you're a lawyer, you just kind of it's hard to pass that to someone, right? Exactly. You know. And- well, at the same time, he actually did have a son, and they and then he inherited it, and then actually, okay. he, when he died, he did actually. No, they I. It, it can be easy. I, mean, I guess it, yeah, I <laughs> it, guess it happened. If you got law, no. if you got lawyers, generational lawyers, it can be. But yeah. you have to have generational lawyers for sure. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, so I just even just the way in which we were able to enter into either acquiring or starting our own businesses. Like, yeah, you know, we were provided resources because of that generational support of that legacy building. Yeah, some that, people don't have. It, well, that then that is exactly including true. our parents to some degree, you know. Well, and I mean, and like, you know, that's the thing. You you kind of when you have that kind of generation building up on generation building up on generation, it provides you with the ability mm-hmm. to kind of do and grow more. And so now for for us right now as we're raising our our kids, our mm-hmm. daughters, mm-hmm. like one of the things that I'm I'm just personally struggling with and just trying to kind of figure out is trying to kind of like combat like the sense of entitlement yeah that can come along with that when the fish are just there yeah you know what i mean and like like wanting to and actively teaching them how to fish sure but they also see very specifically how the fish kind of also just appear you yeah. know what i mean like it's almost like now teaching to fish has become a novelty if we're and again it's a metaphor but like you know what i mean as opposed to, you know, the, the, no, you have to, you have to forge this. The rule so they know how to make it, you know? And, and, and in, you know, in, in essence, my wife has a friend that said, you know, to her, he said, uh, 
you know, my, my whole point as a dad is to make these kids independent of me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's something about that. That's like true, you know, like I, I, I want, I want my kids to know how to mine their resources so that they can make their way, you know, and they, they can, you know, not uh, depend on the fish just, you know, just washing up on the shore. Yeah. And I guess that's not, I mean, and that's good. That's exactly right. But I guess for us, it's not as much that per se. It's not about the self-sufficiency aspect of thing. I think it's the appreciation for the hard work that's involved Mm. because, you know, people talked about our generation as being like the instant gratification yeah. You know, uh, and like part of what brought us to the pipe yeah, is because sure. we we appreciate kind of the slower process in the, in a world that is more digital where matter knows no longer matters to other right. people we see that matter matter like there's a, there's an element where part of the reason we came to the pipe is because of that physical element because mm-hmm. of the practice that requires slowdown mm-hmm. it is the removal of a lot of practicality right. and and it's 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 a practice in and of itself of finding something that's impractical yep. and taking pleasure in it right yeah. and so taking that broadly and in more you know it it's less about the you know oh hey dad can I use the car like it's not it's not that kind of like a in a spoiled mentality per se it's just more from the standpoint of they now have a lot more resources mm-hmm. because they inherited those resources. And so they, by applying that hard work, they can do even more with those resources. Right. But an appreciation for what came before from good and bad in terms of how those resources come together so that they can apply that appropriately to advance themselves and to advance others, you know, mm-hmm. cause we want to, you know, try mm-hmm. to raise these kids so that they're not just like, Selfish and entitled. Well, they're kids, good. They're good, citi- they're good like, citizens. Exactly. They're good neighbors. They're yeah. you know good. Good you know. Americans. Well, doing their part for the you know. Yeah, the American way. Yeah, right. the American way. Um, right. Yeah, you know, I, I I do think though, circling back around to the self sufficiency part though, I, when I think of legacy, mostly what I think of is you know what do I teach my kids and how does that form who they are? Mm-hmm. And again, leaving all that up to God's grace and his provision and wisdom and Holy Spirit. Cause I just, you know, all that's above my pay grade, although we are supposed to work for those things. I want my kids to have a good work ethic. Yeah. That's really important to me. And I fear because of the extreme luxury that all of us in America get to live in. Mm-hmm. I fear for them in that. Yeah. And I don't want to enable them. I, I want them to to know how to work and to come to enjoy it and and find what they're good at and 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 see it as a as a part of life and you know in in some sense I think it took me being you know ra- kind of raised as an only child even though I, I do have an older brother uh, you know we never really really lived together and so it's kind of raised as an only child I think I just got a lot of what I wanted when I wanted it and I, it took me kind of a long time to figure out how I needed to work, you know, yeah. like just that it, it, it takes effort to, to get what you want, you know, school in some sense was a little easy for me because I was, you know, precocious and, you know, I studied here and there, but I didn't have to work super hard in high school. You know, I didn't have to work super hard in college, even though I, I did, you know, but well, um, you Mississippi State. Who has to work super hard at Mississippi Well, yeah. State? I mean, it, you know, if you're just making cheese and Muscadine <laughs> Ripple ice cream all the time, but I want my kids to know how to work. Yeah. And, and, and I fear for that. I've seen so many families get torn apart because kids aren't raised in a way that they develop a work ethic. And so a lot of, a lot of them become adult children, you know, and, and I, I don't want my kids to be that way. And they're kind of nurturing. And I mean, this is not intended to be like a judgmental thing, but just to kind of like an, an, an you know, just to kind of contrast it. Right. Like, I think you and I probably both know people our age yeah. who are children of people who inherited wealth, like yeah. Oh, yeah. large amounts of wealth. And so their parents were, you know, basically investors of the wealth, their father, their, you know, their, their father's generation, sure. um, uh, you know, made, and now the children come in. And so like, you know, especially with me, I went to school with some of these people too. And like, it was, man, you know, what are they going to do? You know, well, what, what they're going to do is they're going to continue that. They're going to be taught like how to invest that money. And that's, that's what yeah. they're going to do is they're going to sit back and they're going to invest the money. And I'm not, you know, bashing investors. God knows I've needed investors in my life. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's great. But I think like there is such a disconnect I have found with a lot of those people. And it's not that to say that they don't have a good work. And this, this is where I want to kind of like push Because a lot of those people do have a good work. Well, that's, that's exactly my point. They really do. Like they do have a good work ethic, but it's very tailored to a very specific thing, which is kind of building right. wealth without a full appreciate. There's a, 
I don't want to say snob. I think entitled is probably the best word. There's just an entitled yeah. mindset that comes with that because they didn't do Jack anything to get that wealth. Right. And now they do have to manage it, which does take effort and does take wisdom. I'm not saying that it doesn't. Right. But like there's a lack of appreciation for what it took. And especially as they're analyzing like the companies that they're investing in and everything like, right. like there's just a complete disconnect yeah. from folks who, by the way, are only going to these kids or our age, right. but like go to these people because they didn't, they don't have that easy access. Right. And so they become like this gatekeeper type thing. Anyway, all that to say, that, that's, that's kind that's of like- interesting. I, 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 yeah. It's a bit of a tangent, but my point is that like, so that's why I'm saying like, it's not for, for me, my concern is less about the work ethic, which is important to me. And that's something we're trying to, you know, teach our kids with. But I think it's just that when you've been given a gift, mm-hmm. appreciating it fully. Yeah. And when there's a plethora, so many gifts available to you, how taking the time and really to understand that gift, it, you, you mentioned the intellect thing. And I think that's, that's important. Mm-hmm. I just recently watched Spider-Man 2. Uh, <laughs> I did not. Hey. <laughs> we're watching it. We're watching it with the kids. Spider-Man two is a fantastic movie. Did you ever, you never saw that one back in the day? Oh man. Like it really is a fantastic movie with the, the new Spider-Man movie and what they did with that. I had to go back and just do a rewatch and everything else. And you're introduced to this character of Otto Octavius who, you know, talks to, to Peter, Peter Parker, who's Spider-Man about his brilliance. And he says, you know, your, your intellect is a privilege. It's a gift and one that you should use for all mankind. Like, yeah, he's, he's kind of, lecturing and coming down on Peter because Peter's not showing up for school. He's kind of phoning in his work. Or yeah. like, you know, we know he's Spider-Man, but he doesn't know that. Right. So he's just like, he's getting onto it. It's like you, you are abusing this gift. You know, your ability, your mind is a beautiful thing. You didn't, you didn't make that. You trained it. Yeah. But you're letting it go to but waste. You've been gifted that. Right. So what are you going to do with it? Exactly. And are I think you're going to phone it in. Are you going to mail it in and, 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 you know, not see it to its full potential. Right. And you know, you don't want to do that. And so like, so, the, so you and me are very different than that. Like you have a, you have a great mind. You're, you are, you're a genius. You're a, you're a mental that's, person. That's ridiculous. To me, it feels like But that. certainly if I do, then you do too. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But so that's the thing, right? So the way my brain works is different. Like in terms of, I was not a good student. I was a terrible student. I had to learn to kind of get through school by kind yeah. of working the system. I got a different kind of education from that standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, as I, uh, I, I dream of one day being asked to come back to my high school and giving like a keynote for a dress and just being blunt, honest about like, yeah. you know, if like, for like the, how, how crummy you were when you were there. No, not even that. Just like, just toasting the C students who got by by cheating, which, yeah. which by the way, which you're about to call collaboration in life. Right. Like, you know, like just, just pointing out just <laughs> the true. ridiculous of the education system it's and how true. it's tailored specifically for one way of the, anyway, regardless. <laughs> but like my children, like, you know, my daughters are, are still, you know, below the age of 10. Yeah. Their reading level is higher than mine. Like both because they're extremely smart and also because I'm dyslexic. I do not have a high reading level. And they've been given a gift of not being that way that you didn't have. Yeah. Right? And I was nervous about it with the kids right. up front, like, sure. and you know, about kind of just dis- like learning disabilities. Cause obviously I was sensitive to that. I wanted to like look for that and that sort of thing. Sure. And yeah. Especially my youngest, uh, once, you know, she started reading and I think I, I can't remember if I shared this with you for the longest time. She didn't want us to know that she could read. Did I tell you that? No. Okay. So she, um, she didn't want you to know she could read? Yeah. So it's, it's a competitive thing between siblings, right? It's if, interesting. If one sibling's really good at something, then you kind of feel like you're not, you don't want to try to compete with that because you right. want to be, you know, whatever. And so my oldest consumes books. She's just constantly reading, right? Uh, she's nosing her book all the time. My youngest, we would try to get her to read and she wouldn't want to read with her. And I was worried like, oh my goodness, what if she's struggling and, and what if she's dyslexic and all that kind of stuff. One day, my wife found our daughter like hunched over in like the guest room with a book hiding from us so that we wouldn't know that she was reading. And it's not that she was reading anything inappropriate. She's right. reading. It's just a children's book. Right. And she's like, what are you doing? It's like nothing, nothing. <laughs> like, and so Weird. we found out and then we talked to the oldest and the oldest told like, yeah, she reads all the time. She was hiding it from us that she actually enjoys reading. I don't fully still understand that. To was be it uh, almost like to take the pressure off of her? Maybe, maybe like, that was it. Like, you know, Oh, well, if they know I, if they know I read, then they're going to expect me to read more yeah. or something. I, I don't know. But she's know. the strongest reader in her class right it's now. So interesting. Yeah. I mean yeah. like, it's, and it's brilliant, but anyway, so all of this, That's I wild. guess one of the things I think about with these kids is just trying to get them to fully appreciate what they have, what they have man. Yeah, and where it came from and the struggle that took it to, to get there. And, and, and the fact that, most people don't have that. 
You know, right. A lot and of people don't have that. Therefore, it's a gift steward in that way as well. Yeah. In a way that I, I just, I, I, you know, like I said, like, I think that there's just a part of me that fears raising kids like mm -hmm. the kids I grew up with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And trying to navigate that is tough. It, and that's not, I'm not trying to like, it's hard for say me. like them over there is the problem or anything. See, that's not that, my point. That's the, that's the hard thing I think for me is because a lot of times whenever I start to think about, I don't want to raise my kids like those people over there. Like, uh, but then a lot of times I remember growing up wishing like, I kind of wish I was those kids over there that just had all the stuff and didn't have to worry about anything. And so I, I wonder myself, like, am I, you know, is, is a part of that just jealousy on my part, just bitterness or, sure. in, or envy, you know? So I'm, I'm, I want my kids to have a resources that uh, they wouldn't otherwise have yeah. because I work hard and instill things in them. But at the same time, I want them to, like you say, appreciate where it comes from and work hard for it and know what that kind of gift means and, and what is expected to those that much is given, much is expected, you know? And, and so I, I think that's, I think that kind of stuff is good, but it's not easy. You know, I, it, it, it's not easy. Those are the things that keep me up at night. That, that sense of, you know, man, what are my, what are my kids going to look like in 20 years? When, yeah. You know, I've messed around, downloaded all my crud onto their, you know, puny, you know, in, infantile brains that are, you know, so malleable and, you know, it's like, right. man, I just, I just hope I get it right, man. I hope I get it right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, the, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some envy at play though. That's, that's interesting. I, I'm quick to turn it back on myself though. I, I do, you know, I'm, I do have a very, a big sense of self depreciation and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so I'm, I'm quick to say, well, no, that's probably your problem, John David. And that, and then there is some of that I do, you know, I'm a, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And, but at the same time, like, so I do, I do think that there's an envy component and, and all that, but you know, at the same time, I, I want my kids to, you know, growing up, not just thinking that they're going to get everything that they want. There's, there's an envy. I mean, like, no, 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 I want to, but I want to pause here. Cause I think that's good. Like, I think there's a, there's definitely, I don't know. For me, there's definitely there's a, there's an envy aspect in terms of I didn't want their life because there was always something weird, honestly, about their lives. Like I just it felt off. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like I I really you know always felt like all that comfortable. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's not like I was like oh yeah or anything like that. It's just it was just kind of an, a a disconnect. You know what I mean? Like I, I like a kind of a mm -hmm. kind of like a floating mindset. Mm -hmm. so to speak. And I'm not saying that from a, Oh man, I wish I could just float through life. Cause that, I didn't want that either. I wanted to create things. Yeah. And I think it's, if, if there was envy, it was more of like, Oh, I want to create things and maybe you've got the resources and I don't have those resources right. and I'm trying to work to create something and you're not doing anything and you just have it. Mm. And so like if envy's at play, it's in that regard. In that sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's even like, then, man, why are you wasting all these things that you've been given? Um, no, not even wasting. I wouldn't even say that, but they're not talented. That's what I would do. But that's the thing. You know? They're not talented. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, I guess if I had what they had, but it's like, but if they had what I had, mm -hmm. like, you know, in terms of like a vision, talent drive, that sort of thing, they might they, do something. They different. might do something great, Yeah, but they don't have that. So maybe that's what it is. How do you, if you're providing for the next generation yeah. and kind of, as we kind of build these legacies for our kids, yeah. how do we make sure that we're still in, you know, stilling them the desire to create the, like that drive, that vision, yeah. as opposed to just you know, Hey, you can just, you know, do whatever you want, which is true. I mean, like, you know, there's, there's a point to that, right? We were all told as kids, you can grow up and be whatever you want to be. That's why you're an astronaut and I'm the president of the United States. Yeah. And you know, you got folks that are not, and <laughs> I mean, your dad, sorry, kid, your dad's a glorified drug dealer, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you just want your kids to grow up to be good humans, you know, and be good to their neighbors and have good, you know, relationships with their God willing, their spouses and their friends and, be good civic minded people. And, you know, you want all that even more. I, mean, I want that even more, even more than I want my kids to be smart. You know, mm. I want them to be good. Well, they're your kids, so they won't be novice. <laughs> they, they know, right. They, they, can, they, they can only go so far. Right. Right. But, right you right. know, I want them to, I want them to be, um, I want them to be, to be good and I want them to be kind and I want them to work hard. You yeah. know, I think, I think if I could impart them with anything, it would be, it would be, uh, it'd be that. Mm. Yeah. Be a simple kind of man. Is kind of what you're saying there. Like the, uh, you know, yeah. uh, be a simple kind of man. Love and understand. I don't remember the purpose. <laughs> I want my kids to be smart. I want them yeah, to yeah. accomplish a lot. I want them to, you know, to have a, 
have a resume and all these things, but I, but I'm I, that's that's so far down on my uh, on on my dreams for them. My, my dreams for them are more in the sense of like, man, I really want them to be good parents, and I really want them to like you know, when they, when they grow up and like are working in the world, like I want them to be good witnesses to like their friends and their coworkers. And, you know, like, man, if my little boy grows up and has a wife, like I really want him to know that he's supposed to treat her right, you know, and, right. and lead his kids. And I guess it's all the stuff I kind of hope I'm in when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think I certainly don't feel like any of that now. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's good. I think like that, that focus on the basics is important. You know, you got two kinds of people in the world. You've got kind of, you know, kind of the salt of the earth, you know, folks in kind of more of like that, you know, just good, just good people, you know, just, just people, good people. Yeah. And then you've got kind of a little bit more of those driving factors, like those driving forces. And, you know, I, I tend to associate more with the driving force because I'm not very good at being like a very simple person, like the basic stuff, like, you know, I don't know how to pay taxes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, like, I'm yeah. Just, there's just a, there's an element where I'm not very good at the simple things. The reason I'm always like drawn to new media, new concepts, new, new concepts, um, you know, uh, disrupting technology right. and stuff like that. Because the, the, and I'm not, <laughs> well, because like the beaten path that shows like, okay, you do the X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, and then that's how you get to, you know, here. I'm not very good at the X or the Y or the Z. Like right. it's just, I'm not very good at that. And on top of that, I stress out trying to figure out, okay, what's right. Like what is the right thing I'm supposed to do? Right. But if you go to spaces that are still being kind of plowed, if you're going like, if you go kind of the wild West, there's no right way you get to define the right way. Yeah. And that's, I feel more comfort in that space. My wife, by the way, exact opposite. We yeah. were just having a conversation about this the other day. Yeah. Cause we were talking about some of this kind of more event, event type stuff we're looking into. And I mean, like brilliant minds, like just top of her field, loves being in kind of the medical and, and science professions because there was a very clear path and she worked that path and she got to the top, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. That stuff stresses me out. That feels like a cage to me. Yeah. I like kind of being more in kind of the wilder spaces. And I think one of the things I'm reconciling with as my children now are at the place where their personalities are developed and developing and, and kind of seeing who they are. It's kind of seeing like, well, they might not want to be a radical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they might yeah. not want to be a game changer from that standpoint. Yeah. They see that in me and they definitely see that desire in me from that standpoint. And I don't want to put that pressure on them. I don't want to like, I really yeah. don't. And so like getting comfortable with that is something that I'm struggling with. I'm like, like, yeah. like what you just said, I think is beautiful. And I want to, I want to get there. And I realize I have to get there, especially for, you know, my kids that don't, they may not necessarily want to, you know, be in that kind of game changing category, mm. you know? Yeah. I, you, you do. I, I, I do wonder like, you know, when my kids get in a certain age where they start thinking about like, you know, if they go to college, what they're going to major in and, you know, and, and it, what their career plans are and all this stuff. And like, what if they do come back and do and, and, and decide, uh, you know, something totally impractical. And, you know, it, we, we talked, you know, recently about, um, Monet and, you know, his parents, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was like, ah, I want to go be an artist. And dad's like, no, that's, you're, that's foolish. You're not going to go be an artist. And, you know, you're going to go to the military, go to the military. whatever, you know, and it's like, <laughs> right, right. well, like what, you know, what, so what if, what if my kids come back and, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an artist. I mean, I'm a small business owner. Father, I'm he's a, about to be an artist. Also we're British now for some reason. <laughs> I'm a, I mean, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a tobacco artist, but I mean, you know, I, you're, you're an artist. They, I, I consider you an artist. So they, so they have that and it's like, well, you know, what, what if your kids do want to do that? Yeah. How do you, how do you support them in that while also encouraging them to, you know, use their resources wisely and realize that they got to make it on their own and, you know, and, and, and make their own way and work hard. And I don't know, I have anxiety about the future for my kids. I really do in the modern world. You know, I certainly do. Well, some of that you got to release, man. It's like, there's just well, too, you can't too control much it. your control. You can't control <laughs> it, you know? Um, but, um, but you're still a parent, you know, and, and you still know your own limitations and that you can only do so much for them. I think like early on, that was something that I struggled with was kind of the, you know, I mean, we even shared about like coming home and I shared the story about like the car was like, right. And then, you know, it's, it's a metaphor for larger things, right? Like, it's like, there's just, <laughs> ah, everything's about to explode, you know? And especially like, gosh, what we've lived through in our life, you know, there's just, there's just so much in the world that we have so little control over. Mm -hmm. And so kind of getting back to what you said, you, you just kind of have to like, Hey, you know, <laughs> kind of like 
teach them how to work hard and, and, uh, and, you know, again, I think imparting those core values is important, but then also, uh, you know, recognizing they are who they are, they're going to be as well. Yeah. You know, and if they're not exactly who maybe we wanted them to be loving them Mm -hmm. and maybe trying to do a better job of making sure they know that, Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. this is home, you know? Yeah. We we may not always agree, <laughs> but, but when you come here, but we will always love each other. You right, know what I mean? Right. And um, yeah, trying to establish that early on, you know, that's powerful. Yeah, I I do wonder, you know, part when you talk about legacy and earlier you mentioned, you know, business and we even joked about generational lawyers and stuff. But <laughs> you know, I, I I do there is part of me that hopes one of my kids wants to be a tobacconist. You know, yeah. I mean, there really is. Like, there's a part of me that's like, man, I, I hope that one of my kids grows up and you know they get the bug about blending pipe tobacco behind the counter and and they realize that there's value in it and that it's it, it's exciting working with customers and retail can be a lot of fun and very rewarding and you know because you don't really grow up thinking you're going to be a retailer you know it's just yeah. not one of those things you you know check off the box when you're a kid i want to be a teacher or an astronaut or a police officer like you know i'm going to stand behind a counter and deal with customers all day like you just don't think that you know I kind of do. I hope my kids, I hope, you know, at least one of them gets the bug and appreciates pipe tobacco and, and being in that space of, uh, you know, romance where, uh, you know, you're dealing with these high end, high end briars and, uh, you know, hand blending tobaccos. That's kind of a lost art. And, uh, cause what we do is special every day. It's not something that people really get to get to do very often. And so, um, I want them to know, grow up knowing how, how special it is, you know, yeah. you know, the kids have said before they want to be podcasters. I've had to explain to them, no, you don't. Uh, <laughs> and explain to them like, you know, podcasting isn't really, that's not a, you know, it's not really what daddy does. Like, yeah. like that's, that's a, that's a medium that to do with daddy is. But like, yeah. what I like what I want and what I love to see, because I'm already starting to see it is for my children to be storytellers, hmm. you know, like that's, that's what I create. Podcasting hmm. is just, it's just an avenue. It's just one medium. Yeah. You know, like my, you know, there's no, there's no passing on pottery and what it is today to my kids or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. It'd be hard. I mean, I, I don't really see a route for that. No, I know? mean, well, podcasting is like a, you know, yeah. we, we've experienced, we, we got in at a, at a great moment mm-hmm. and I think that it's, it's kind of, it's bubbled and it's kind of reached where it's going to reach. Yeah. And I think it's evolving into something different on top of that too. And yeah. I, like I think, and if as I, someone that's dynamic, you have to stay on top of that. You oh, exactly. Keep your finger on the pulse of that. Well, it's it's really you know this is why I mean my mindset for like the last three years has been that honestly, if there's a future of of pottery, it has to shift from you know being so podcast focused and being about story and being about yeah. like yeah. like I, I mean you know to put it in less romantic terms, intellectual property. Like there has to be yeah. like a, like that's really kind of the the path forward as a business, if there is a path forward as a business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but no, like for me, like the kids, like, you know, I, I do, I've loved to see that they are storytellers. I find, you know, my oldest will, will draw comic books and like, you know, write her own stories That's and neat. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And my youngest has started doing that as well. They're and like her, they're like their dad. Yeah, man. They yep. love telling stories and, uh, and it's just, it's precious to see. So in many respects, they are our legacies. And just like we can't control how we are seen or perceived after we are gone, we can't really control them. We can teach them. We can do our best to raise them right, to impart our values and everything else. But they're going to take that. And I think as long as we do a job, good job of instilling those core values and demonstrating that for them, yeah. even if they do things that we may disagree with or take paths we may disagree with, if, we're, if that core, that center is accurate, is, mm-hmm. is aligned, then... I think there's... It's uh, the best this, we can do. There's the best we can do. Yeah, it's certainly the best we can do. Yeah. It's hard to give up that much power even though you don't have that much power, you're not giving it up. You're just acknowledging that yeah, you just don't a, have it. That is exactly right, man. And, That's you know, exactly and, right, but yeah. it's hard to do that as a new parent. Right. It's hard to do that as a new parent. So, all right. Legacy. Legacy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, we were originally going to talk about failure, but we're like, nah, let's talk about something a little bit more uplifting. Let's talk about failure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Fa- I did the failure. That's just like every Tuesday for me. All right. Exactly. And all hey, right. speaking of Tuesday, you know, every Tuesday is Cobb Tuesday. That's well, not a failure. <laughs> that's not a failure at all, man. Not from a our failure. friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That is right, man. Uh, the folks at Missouri Meerschaum, they are doing a promotion this time of year. If you go to their Facebook page on Tuesdays for Cobb Tuesday, they're going to have a trivia question for for you to answer and respond to. They will pick a winner 
from all the respondents of that question, and then that person will get a, uh, a gift certificate to uh, Missouri Mearsome, and you can spend it on some great merchandise and pipes and whatnot. And so, um, anyway, really cool. Be sure to go check that out if you go to uh, Missouri Mearsome's uh, Facebook page. Also, be sure to follow them on other social media types, and be sure to go to their website at www.corncobpipe.com. Yeah, talk about a great company with a great legacy right there. It's our good friends at Missouri Mearsome. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pie question of the week. All right, man. Pie question of the week this week coming in from Kirk. Not Captain Kirk. I think I've made that joke. Dang it. I think I've made that joke before. But if it was Captain Kirk, then to infinity (laughs) and beyond. Uh Uh-huh. My good friend. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm a longtime listener. Been pipe smoking for roughly 13 years. Oh, that's and great. I started listening, I think, on your third or fourth episode uh, years ago. Wow. That is, yeah. That's deep. That's OG right there. <laughs> uh, my question is, is there a certain temp uh, or temperature. A temperature rather where pipes should be stored? I have a large rack in my living room that is full, and I am looking at getting a couple more to store the pipes I don't smoke as often and will have to keep it in my basement, which is unfinished and mm. cold in the winter and muggy in the summer. Yeah. Just curious if anything would happen to my pipes that are stored there. Always enjoy your show. Kirk. Yeah, Kirk. Great question, man. Thank you so much for, man, gosh, if you started that early in our adventure with Country Squire Radio and um, are still listening, you you are something. You, you are the champion, You probably friend. You probably need a session of group therapy or something (laughs) anyway um so yeah great 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 question i would discourage you from storing your pipes in your in your basement pipes are temperature and weather sensitive more and humidity sensitive too and i don't know what part of the country he's from out of the uh, starship enterprise oh that's right going to uh, galaxies far far away whatever the quadrant is yeah Yeah. so uh, you know i think that much temperature fluctuation is just not going to be good for a pipe really you want your pipe to be stored at room temperature. You, you, re- you really do. And the swelling and shrinking of briar back and forth with humidity and temperature is just, it's just hard on a pipe. You know, it can make a pipe, pipe stems get loose. It can uh, 
you know, uh, pipes can burn out. If they're not cared for in, in a proper environment, they can get mold and beetles and, you know, everything else and mildew. And so um, I, I would actually uh, discourage you from from keeping it there. That That's probably going to be kind of difficult for you because, you know, it sounds like your basement is the obvious place to put that kind of thing. Particularly, you know, your high-end pipes that you really want to, you know, maintain the uh, integrity of. Uh, I'd try to keep them room temperature if I were you. One of the big, man, people mess up. They'll leave their pipe in their car, particularly in the South. It gets so hot, gosh. And, they, you know, they'll leave it in the car. They'll leave it outside on the covered porch or something where, you know, they think, oh, it's safe from the rain. But, gosh, the humidity and the temperature fluctuation, it's just, it, it can be hard on that stuff. And so Briar is Briar's durable. It's wonderful for smoking tobacco because it is so durable and and hardy, but we still need to take care of it if we can. And uh, that's best done at room temperature. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. The, uh, ice and pipe tobacco and, uh, fluctuating temperatures, always a com- competition, especially for those of us who live in extreme situations. Well, yeah, know? certainly, you know, um, environments that where the temperature changes, you know, quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Great question, Kirk. Hey, if you've got a pipe question for us, send it in show at country Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire question, Joe. All right, man. This is a quick fire question with a twist coming from the Jedi Master himself, Pastor Jonah. Here's what he says. He says, I'm thinking of a way of the way that you have relaunched some things this year. And what about some a deep thoughts version of quick fire questions? Here's his question. What advice would you give yourself? At 23. So if we could go back in time to our 23-year-old self and give us some advice, what would it be? Now, I'm going to reinforce something that Pastor Joda is doing here. This is in, this is put as a quick-fire question. So the idea is that we, we answer relatively fast which, without putting too much terrible thought into it. I already see you've like zoned into the like, yeah, you know, place of I, like, wow. What would I tell my 23-year-old self? Yeah. And just quit being a jerk. Get over yourself. <laughs> Work harder. Boy, I sound like a really bad parent. <laughs> and 23. Yeah, I was just kind of a piece of crap when I was 23. I don't know. I mean, I. Right out of college. Yeah. Were you, you, were, were you at the square right out of, No, you were at seminary. Oh, no. I, I, I didn't go to seminary until I was closer to 30. Oh. Um, but what did you do right out of college? My first job out of college, I was a student recruiter at Mississippi State. So I, that explains so much. It does about the I, poor quality of students from Mississippi. Oh, right, man, you give me a hard time. Um, so I, you know, I went to my job was to go to all these high schools all over the southeast and yeah. and tell you know prospective students about our academic programs and you know that kind of thing. And so I did that for a year, and then I was the marketing director for a law firm, and I did some paralegal work and then some real estate work and blah blah blah. blah. Uh, on and on and on before I wound up in seminary. Yeah, I don't know. Everything I can think of that I would want to tell myself sounds really mean. <laughs> so maybe I should just listen more than tell. That's so interesting. Maybe I should just listen to the 23-year-old self and just uh, and just hear what he has to say and then uh, gently encourage him to, to, be a good, uh, to be a man and try to grow up. So I was at a very different life stage. We were at the same age, but I was at a very different life stage than you were at 23 because I had just gotten married yeah. at that point. Um, I was working. Gosh, for, so you've been married like 15 years. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's about right. That's amazing. Uh, a little bit over. So, and so, yeah, so we, 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 we just got married. I was working for a company that I would go on to work for, for at least six to seven more years at that point. Yeah. Uh, mostly cause I was paying for pharmacy school. Like, you know, we, we were very, you know, my wife and I, we make a plan we kind of like, we make it happen. I mean, we pivot if something's wrong, but we also like, you know, kind of stick with it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Cause like there were times, I guess I was listening to a, like a podcast recently where it was like a therapy podcast. And this couple was talking about how like the wife is like constantly, like the, the husband's just constantly depressed about everything. The wife is just like, no, just like quit your job, like go find something that you love. And he does that. And then he hates that. She's like, no, just quit it and find something you love. And like, oh my gosh, you two shut up. Like he just needs to work and find something out, like find other like yeah. areas. Like it is okay for it. Like, cause I remember for a while, like like I was really just depressed at the job that I had, but at this, and so my wife was like, look, if you need to like work at a coffee shop, we will make it work. And I'm like, 
no, we need money. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm paying for pharmacy school. We are not going into debt. Like, I'd like, this is yeah. going to be worth it when we get out. And it was. And it was. But it, it was. took a lot of years of a lot of hard work to get there. Right. Yeah. And so it was kind of one of those things where I was like, no, like the, the, the long-term payoff is worth, worth the, the yeah. rough, roughing it right now. And so I had a really like strong, good work ethic from that standpoint. Hmm. I think if I could go back and tell myself something then that I wish that I, that I had to learn over the years, it's just to be much more open with my wife and just to be like, wow, like yeah. really. And I mean, part of that, you know, you're early in marriage. You're still kind of figuring every, you know, each other out, even if you've been dating for some time, figuring you know, out who you are, you're yeah, you're figuring name. out who you are, but you're also trying to figure out how to do life together. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and so that you know, is a natural guard that I think comes with that. Um, but just to like to let myself know, like your wife is amazing. She is gracious and generous and open and you just need to be open and honest with that woman. Mm. And you will yeah. have so much joy and so much pleasure and so much reward so much earlier <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you yeah. know, because when you, when you hold stuff back and you don't work through it and you don't talk it out, then that just builds up resentment. And yeah. then that plays itself out, which especially once, you know, future or past me's future self will get to once kids come in. Then some of that just kind of comes out because you're not really talking about what you want to talk about. Yeah. You know, you talk about this, that, or the other, because like the, the fractal points come up or the kids come up or whatever it is. Um, but you're not just being open and honest. Like I just really wish if I could go back and tell 23 year old me that that would probably be it. Yeah. That's yeah. solid. It's yeah. really, really good. Jedi master. I know, man. Always bringing in the heat. Man. Great question and appropriate for a father to father episode for sure. So thank you for that, Pastor Joda. Hey, if you've got a quick fire question for us, be sure to send it in at a show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback. All right, man. Listener feedback from Caleb of the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Love, love the guys over there. Caleb says, hey, Bo, uh, the most recent Father to Father episode came out on my daughter's 10th birthday. Uh, waking up this morning and reflecting on the day that I became a father was only enhanced by hearing your memories as well. I feel like I shared a special day with you guys. And again, that is from uh, Caleb uh, from the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast. Awesome podcast, by the way, if you want to check that out. Yeah. Uh, get, get your mind right with your finances and enjoy a little cocktail talk as well. <laughs> Uh, next one is from John. What did John have to say? Gentlemen, I am, in fact, one of the listeners you mentioned recently. I've been working to catch up on older episodes uh, selectively, and only in the past few weeks have listened to the most recent episodes as well. I want to thank you for the work you're doing, as I've been enjoying it immensely. The recent Father to Father episode was outstanding. Thank you for being willing to put yourselves out there. I know that it encouraged and edified me, and I can't be the only one. As a 40-year-old father of four young boys, seven, six, four, and two, I relate to much of what you discussed. Please, please keep it up. I'll try to not go over long in telling about how I got into the pipe into pipe smoking, and by all means, use what you like, if any, and cut what you like. <laughs> uh, we're just going to say it all. We're just uh, going to say it all. But I bought my first pipe in Budapest, Hungary. When I was on a, a temporary duty as a soldier and officer in the U.S. Army Veterinary Corps, uh, I was stationed in Vicencia, Italy, and began collecting pipes at that time in 2007. However, over time, the pipes ended up in a box in the closet and were moved to Ethiopia in 2019 as members of the Christian Veterinary Mission. The pipes stayed in storage here in the States. Uh, however, when we We'd been in Ethiopia for about a month. I was invited to a theological social media group uh, in which most of the guys smoked pipes, and I deeply regretted not bringing any pipes or tobacco with me. Then in 2020, we had to leave Ethiopia due to COVID and have been unable to return due to a subsequent civil war. Oh, yeah. I've taken a, a temporary research position at a veterinary school here in the United States and have been able to appreciate smoking a pipe again. Uh, needless to say, if and when we're able to return to Ethiopia in the near future, God willing, I'll be taking as much pipe smoking material as my wife will allow. 
One final note, a couple weeks back, I was doing a much-needed tobacco inventory, and I realized after Cornell and Deal and Ken Byron Ventures, I have significantly more Country Squire tobacco than any other blender. Hey! You guys have great stuff across the board, uh, but Cowboy Coffee is my go-to smoke. Uh, my order of Whale Song is arriving today, and that I can't wait. lucky son of really? Uh, no, yep. Okay, wow. Yep, yep. Mm. Uh, once again, keep up the great work, peace, and that is from John. So, John, John, thank you so much, man. Thank you for, man, just giving us a, a background into your story. And uh, gosh, we we hope certainly the best for all the folks in Ethiopia, and 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 that folks would be safe over there. But man, are just uh, are glad glad what we're doing is uh, is a little bit of a of a blessing to you. Glad you got some whale song, man. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good for you. That's good for you. That's good for you. All right. <laughs> Mm. Well, father to father, man, talking some legacies, talking about the kids, and uh, yeah, you know, just I mean, honestly, let's be real, we're just talking about ourselves, just trying to kind of process. It's life helpful and, for me, man. Yeah. It it really is going through the stage uh, right now that we're both in. I, you know, um, I just as we've shared over the weekend, we've spent together here. Um, I it, it, where I'm in a hard place. I mean, it's just it's, it's a struggle right now. Yeah, you know? it really is. It's it's brutal, and uh, and it's good to have um have resources to lean in, uh, to. And so, um, certainly, man, you, you, my friend, Bo, and, um, and so many of our good listeners have, uh, have been a, been an encouragement to me. So good, man. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. And it's, I think seeing that response from, from folks, especially when they can kind of resonate with what we're talking about. It's, yeah. It's just nice. It's just nice to have that touch point of like, you're not crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> there's like, you know, there's nothing. Well, you are, but there's, like one of those, there's nothing special about the the frustrating thing that you're feeling. Yeah. It's, it's universal, but like that yeah. means it's, it's kind of shared in this to some extent. Yeah, I mean, like true. again, different backgrounds and different people are struggling with different things. We've got wonderful, you know, able-bodied, smart children. And, you know, again, you know, thanks to our wives, brains, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and, but at the same time, like even with everything, you know, quote unquote, going right. It's still just a, it's a slog sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're, we're doing our best to build those legacies, not, not for ourselves, but you know, for others and to the glory of God. Yeah. All right, brother. Right. Hey man, let's go have a day. See you brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.